Sam, I've somehow, I was told that there's this nifty feature where I can start with it being a private room and I can turn it into a public room, but I don't know. Yeah, I can't help you. <laughs> see share room. Let's see this. No, that's not helping me. I just yeah. pushed it to Twitter. So let's see if people come in here. Can I get Andy on here? What's Andy's handle on this? I think it's just his name. I don't, um, is the room even public yet? It's not public yet, but I was told you can start with it being private and you can turn it public. But here's here's what's scary. It's like, you know, uh, I can do edit room. And it's on private. Oh, I'm going to save. If I save, it might go public. Let's see how this works. Okay. Using the Raymond Ritter voice. Oh. Oh, there's Andy. There's Andy. Okay, now we got to push it. Now it's a room. We were in private mode. Still getting the kinks. Still Still getting the kinks out in all this, you know? As I talk. As I talk right now. I should what be doing gonna this. do. What you gonna do? Yesterday was tough. It was tough. I'm gonna give everybody a hearty welcome to House of Strauss call in after a brutal, brutal Warriors loss today. And we might get into it. We might here's what I want. Here's what I want right now, people. Anybody listening? I want Andy and I want Sam on because I trust them to tell us what's going on behind the PR veneer. That's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. That's I what I'm into. With much. Look, and, uh, and look, I would have preferred. I would. I would have preferred that the Warriors crushed today. I would have because I wanted a little palate cleanser. I've been looking for that palate. I've been looking for it. This delightful palate cleanser of something not politics, something not culture. I have Nate Duncan on yesterday. I'm thinking, oh, bada bing, bada boom. You want pure basketball, pure NBA, no controversy. <laughs> Nate is just going to hammer that out. What does the man do? He wants to talk about my most controversial articles to be ombudsman. Now, it's a great pod, but, you know, I'm looking for that palate cleanser, thinking the Warriors are going to deliver it. Mm, not so much. But guess what, folks? I'm happy regardless because when bad things happen in Warriors country, I can't think of two people I'd rather turn to. So, welcome, Sam Svendiari. Welcome, Andy Liu. How you guys doing? <laughs> you know, Thursday night. Life's good. <laughs> you know, the so, worst game so, the yeah. worst game the Warriors have played in like, you know, at least a year. You know. <laughs> it just it just hit me. Um my my son was born December first. And <laughs> oh boy. Steph Steph Curry has been in a slump since his birth. I think my son killed Steph. <laughs> like he's he's literally been in a six week slump. I don't know how else to put it. I don't know how else to put it. I've never seen Steph Curry shoot the basketball this poorly for this long. And it took me till today, and maybe it's because I'm sleep deprived, to realize the um the two the two things aligning right there. Literally, you're bl- you're blaming an infant, you you fucking monster. <laughs> Why would the two things be connected? This is what I love about I have, sports. I I like. <laughs> What I love about sports is some of the smartest people I've ever known when I've watched football games will put on a blanket 
or no, the team's doing better. Got to take off the blanket. Do they actually believe in this stuff? What's the connection? 38% since, since he's been born from the field. Just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> which, uh, which, uh, by the way, I, uh, I, I like watching games by myself, but, uh, I watched a football game with my buddies the other week, the Tennessee game where Jimmy blew the game. And they're mm-hmm. watching with me. And they usually watch the Warriors game with me. And, and I'm usually pretty calm just because you go to so many Warriors games. You, you know this. You're just sitting there. And they're all yeah. kind of the same. You've been to so many finals games. And I'm over here screaming, punching walls because of a regular season Thursday night football game. Now, I don't know if that's just the NFL football versus NBA. I, I, I don't know if that's just me. But there's just something about it where I just I get so angry. Watching football, and I don't. Even though the Warriors lose by you know eighty five points tonight, I'm just I'm, you know. Yeah, they all tried. Uh, I mean, yeah. that, that might have a little more to do with it being the last game of the season and determining the playoff odds. So you know, just just throwing. <laughs> no, no, no. It was the Tennessee game, Sam. It was it was the Tennessee one. Oh, it yeah. was like two well, weeks ago. Yeah. I know how you're going to sound when the Warriors get to the final 10 games of the season <laughs> and they do this. So I'm, st- I'm still putting Fair it enough. on the stakes. I'm still putting it on the stakes of this, the game. What does Priscilla call it? Blame pie, you know? I mean, look, I don't think there's, this has been a magnificent Warriors season. Probably because the cloud of darkness that is me has been removed from the situation as long as we're superstitiously uh, citing causations <laughs> that aren't actually the causations. Um, I don't think there's that much anger. I don't think there's that much angst right now. It's this feeling of clay is back and Hey, there's a reordering. There's a restructuring, right? When that, when that occurs, um, or am I wrong? And Steph Curry, something, there's an issue. There's something wrong. It needs to be fixed. For me, it's, it's dog days stuff. I think think you're pretty much right. It's like, okay, clay comes back and immediately Draymond goes on the shelf and you know, like, okay. Should they have lost by a bazillion points? Probably not. But, like, they were never going to have a shot against Milwaukee without Draymond Green. We knew that before the game started. You are just kind of hoping it was going to be one of those weird nights where, like, Steph and Clay hit 15 threes, and that's good enough to win. Um, I, I don't know. Watching them, it's just – I guess they have a month till the All-Star break. It feels like when you watch a team two weeks before the All-Star break where everyone's like, can we just get there and reset? That's kind of the vibe they have. No, nothing particularly like upsetting. Just kind of like, can we can we get can we get moving? It's the middle okay. of the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We fast forward. They they need to they need to stop trying so hard. Like I need them to just rest stuff for a week or two. Like I I I like when LeBron just I'm I'm now I now understand what he was doing during the Cleveland years and even the Miami years. Just who cares? And maybe this yeah. eighty two game season is too long. We all know that. But it's like we're at forty. In the next twenty games, you're just, uh, you know, what what is the point of the next? And, and Sam and I need downloads. You know, what I mean, yeah. so we need those games to be important. But honestly, guys, like, what does the next twenty games really matter? Uh, yeah. And that's what the it's where the Warriors at. Steph's thirty four. Well, it, it mat it matters to some people. Every game matters to some people. For instance, I don't even know if I should be revealing this, but Ryan Glasspiegel oh. of the New York Post. Uh, I was going to have him on today if the parlay came through. Uh, oh. He put down just a bunch of Steph Curry unders today. Oh. A $10 bet that would have come through with an over $1,000 payout. And he's texted me in, around the second quarter, do you think Steph's going to come back for the second half? And I was thinking, 
well, he shouldn't, but knowing Steve Kerr, I mean, the rhythm, the regularity, I mean, that's how it's going to go. So he basically, you know, fast forward, he loses the parlay because of the uselessness of the second half, and that's what happens. But, you know, that's, that's what I'm saying. You know, these regular season games, they do matter intensely to some people. So degenerate gamblers. Yeah, Got sickos. It. Absolute <laughs> sickos. The, the, messed up, the most messed up part about gambling is gambling doesn't even let you enjoy winning. Because here's what would have happened if he won that parlay where he put down $10 and it would have been a $1,000, $41 payout. It would have been, it should have been 100 It should have been 100 yeah. or you know, or 1000 A mutual friend of ours just had me living at the sports book uh, during summer league because he kept winning parlays and kept asking me to place larger and larger bets. Yeah. And I was just like, and I started getting hooked into it too. And I'm like, this is this is not the path to go down at all. It's not in part because they don't actually let you win win. And I'm writing yeah. an article about this right now that this might seem this might seem like the most naive thing in the world. And I want questions on this, questions on anything, questions on what the PR campaign is regarding James Wiseman. What are they hiding from us? You know? <laughs> These are questions worth asking. Um, so if anybody wants to hop on in, feel free to hop on in. We will take those. But if you're good, if you're winning, they just kick you out. They don't let you bet large enough amounts to, to really win. And all those betting slips you see, the Darren Ravel betting slips of this guy won $500,000. They only let you do that if you've lost a shitload before that. Then they'll let you bet those big amounts. Then they'll show it off. Or if you're a celebrity. I mean, it's crazy enough that, you know, Dave Portnoy runs a sports book. By the way, did not know that until recently. And even he is saying, you would think that he'd be man of the people, but even he's saying, no, your card counters. If you're winning, if these guys are winning too much, we kick them out. It offends my sensibilities. You know, I, I want to be dispassionate in this article that I'm writing and just lay out the situation. But I do feel this way that, you can't make gambling legal nationwide in the way that is happening and have it still feel like an old school casino where the pit boss shuffles you out of there because you're winning too much. If you are going to make people destitute because of this, uh, this addictive, this addictive product, you got to let people win. And, and I know people are saying tough shit. Those are the rules. I right now in this call in, I am starting a gambling rights movement folks a gambling rights for those of us who might be degenerate and also might just feel like we might be good enough to be something greater you know and we want that ceiling elevated i'm starting it right now and right here with the article uh they shouldn't be allowed to do this the books have to take the action what say you guys you, you, you sound like the Bernie Sanders of gambling. I, I was just about, just, like, just about to make a joke along those lines, but I knew Sam would make a better one. <laughs> it's, not, it's not fair. It's not fair. The touts. My favorite thing is totally random. It is completely random, but I, something I enjoy about Bernie Sanders is when he says people of color, he like he coughs it. People of color. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's Brooklyn, the Brooklyn accent can't be lost with them. That's, a, that's, that's something I appreciate with if you if you ever met anyone with a Brooklyn accent and they, they could have moved away 50 years ago, the accent's still there. Just yeah. Just, yeah, there you go. What are you saying, though? Like, can you really tell the difference between a Brooklyn and a Queens accent? Is that in your repertoire, Sam? 
No, I just call no. it all Brooklyn. <laughs> it's it's Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the Brooklyn, most New York. Yeah, I know. I mean, New England, I can catch. <laughs> I can catch in New England. New England, you got to listen for that that O sound in the word "not." It'll be "not." Well, know, I guess we'll, it, so when people say Brooklyn accent, they really mean is like a generally New York accent. And most yeah. people can't actually tell the difference of if they're from like Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, yeah. wherever it may be, right? Like, but look so. at Sam being the hipster meme he so often posts and trying to <laughs> Very Brooklyn. Talk, talk my way out of it. <laughs> Very Brooklyn. <laughs> I want to talk about all of that. I want to talk about basketball hipsterism. We got into it a little bit. Um, oh, we got cupcakes from Chicago in the old in the old queue over there. And and also here here's what I want. We're gonna take we're gonna take a cupcakes question, but before that, I want your take on what's going on with James Wiseman, uh, the top yeah. flight number two pick, uh, next dominant center, gonna change everything. Uh, mysterious meniscus seems like uh, out for a while. What is your take, not only on what's happening, but how the wool is being pulled over our eyes? What's happening? By the way, by the way, shout out our guy Tony Slater with the reporting there. Oh yeah, pull, the best. Pull, pulling it out that he had a second surgery, that everything went fine. He's fine. Nothing to see here. Just a second surgery and no timeline. Nine to ten months. Post yeah. Initial surgery with an injury that doesn't take that long. Um, mm. I'm I'm full tinfoil hat with James. I Hansen. love it. I'm Love sorry. Me. It's it's like let's let's be honest here. Everyone knows Lamelo Ball is the best player in that draft, and quite frankly, I don't know, like one of the most interesting young players. Like he's going to make the All Star game this year, and he's not 21 years old. Mm. He's very good. Everything about James Wiseman feels like Joe Lacob speaking into existence, bravado, mm. and you got Bob Fitzgerald. Every broadcast reminding you Clay and Wiseman are coming back as if they're co By the way, that's been, yes, the, sir. That's been, the, that's been the worst <laughs> part of that propaganda. It's so unfair to Clay, but keep going. It's also just unfair to Wiseman because... Wait, I need some Bob Fitzgerald uh, forced, constrained incredulity. And, and they don't even have Clay and Wiseman yet. <laughs> and... And my whole thing is, if you watched James Wiseman last year, I saw a very uh, unconfident so, – someone who had pressure weighing him down. I mm. think I think we can all say phenomenal, like, potential, like, raw talent jumping out of the gym, but, like, wasn't really ready for the weight of the world on his shoulders. Mm. And, and it just seems to me like – the Warriors are just obsessed with they, – they think they could just speak him into being Giannis. That's mm. the vibe I get with it. And um, and when I say that, I mean specifically like the Lacob side of the Warriors because Steve Kerr presents Joe. a different image. Joe. Steve Kerr presents – yeah, presents the more um, measured coaches. I saw him play last year, and I know how long it's going to take for him to mm. actually get their vision. And so that's just – the whole thing is it's like constantly trying to tell you what your eyes see is not what's going on, which is infuriating to me personally. Anyway, and right now, no, I, I, I compare James Wiseman. I mean, in terms of his rawness, but it's Trey Lance. 
it's what it is. Mm. He's just freakish athletic. Now, mentality is a different story. I think Trey Lance has, has the mentality, at least the stuff that you hear from. Not to say that Wiseman doesn't, but you just watch him play, and you're like, oh, shit, he could be great. But he probably should be playing basketball right now. Before the season, I thought that this season was going to be a wash for Wiseman. I didn't think he was going to make an impact regardless if he was coming back in December or November or January. Now it's going to be March if he even comes back at all. Uh, because you know why? It's really hard to play really good basketball for a team that's trying to win a championship. It's it's just really – LaMelo Ball wouldn't be playing winning basketball for this team right now anyway. Like, he Whoa. would get minutes and he'd be he's, awesome. He's, he's, we're, we're wow. Playoff, we're talking about playoff basketball. LaMelo Ball, we don't know. Like, he's getting numbers on a team, Eastern Conference team that gets to do whatever he he's, wants. He's better he's than Jordan Poole. I'm just saying, it's a whole different system, and you can argue whether the system's worth it or not. I'm just saying, like, he's not doing what he's doing in Charlotte on Golden State, and he's definitely not doing it in the postseason. And, and I'm just like, that's a, it's, a lot, it's a lot of pressure, and James is not <laughs> ready for it. Again, I'm like, I'm agreeing with you, Sam. Like, James Wiseman's not ready for it, and it's not really his fault. Mm. And I just think we were doing and talk about this on our pod. Like, this is kind of a loss here for him, which sucks. It just it sucks, and the Lamelo stuff doesn't even cross my mind because in my head I'm like, yeah, Lamelo's awesome, but that's that's God, that ship is sailing. Yeah, I I, <laughs> like, I don't have much sailing. blame for I don't have much blame yeah. with that. I had no idea that a guy playing in Australia that the Australian league was actually that tough, and he had demonstrated the ability to. I mean, he scores more efficiently in the NBA, way more efficiently than he did in, than he He's did in way Australia. Better in the league, yeah, he's awesome. It's it's Can, ridiculous. I give Nate Duncan, the aforementioned Nate Duncan, a lot of credit. And I just have to – you just have to know what you're good at and know what you're bad at. I just look at that situation and I look at how Nate was early on LaMelo and Nate was early with the misgivings with Wiseman. I had some misgivings too, but I think Nate was stronger with the take. And I just go, look, Nate is the best scout I know among media people. I just he's, – he's way better at this than I am and really pretty much anybody else I know. And it would give me some concern as uh, Warriors – Am I a fan now, guys? Am I a normie? Am I just a Warriors fan now? Is that what's it's happening? It's better this way. It's better. Oh this my way. god! It's a lot better this way. Wow! Wow! Yeah, it gives me pause because he's out on one and he's in on the other, and the situation might have nothing to do with any of it. I'd like to also throw in a little fan psychology for those who've been watching the Warriors as long as I have in my age range. They have pretty much whiffed on every perimeter star in name of the mythical five man who's going to complete their team for mm. like the entirety of my life. Todd Fuller over Kobe Bryant, Steve Nash, Adonel Foyle over T-Mac. I mean, I just Patrick O'Brien. Um, I was looking for down, a Patrick O'Brien. <laughs> yeah. You just keep, keep going down the list. It's like, constantly you didn't like I, <laughs> I, hey, he had a, he had a great PR, great PR. Yeah. <laughs> And 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 then there's just such irony. Oh, to Brandon Wright. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Brandon Wright. Is, yeah. is it oh, is isn't there irony to this team? The best center they ever drafted was a second rounder who they thought was a small forward. So it's like it's just kind of like I, I, don't I mean know. I don't I don't generally it, it just feels like just Beatrice is the best over, true center. You know, that's true. <laughs> they, they, they should they should never touch anyone over six six. It doesn't work out. No, it doesn't. I like the six, six, Yes, just find me another like Gary Payton the second or something like that. Just keep going down that path. Let's get uh, let's get cupcakes in here with not a Brooklyn accent, but with a Chicago accent, if memory serves. 
Let's see about it. I'm doing the filibuster before he's on. Hello. What's up, fellas? Uh, the, hey. the, dis- the disrespect you're showing to Donald Foyle tonight is just ah. I can't even. <laughs> oh, man. With the, with the best stink face after the Baron Davis dunk, the greatest of contributions. Best so one. Hey, I have a question, but just real quick. I am so, so glad you guys got to be reminded of what uh, championship basketball looks like from Milwaukee, Wisconsin ah. tonight, <laughs> where winners hang with winners, with or without Drew Holiday. I know that uh, – when the Wait a second! Wait a second! Are you from Chicago? Did you just jump across? Is it <laughs> oh, I am. Uh, I am. I am from Chicago, but a, a diehard. I've sat through three separate Brian Skinner tenures as a Milwaukee Bucks fan. So <laughs> wow, I am, uh, I am as diehard as they as they get. Um, oh man, so. that's awesome! Yeah, so, yeah, and um, and my question is actually is not about greatness like my Bucks, but about. Uh, the the lower tier you were just mentioning Gary Payton the third um, Ethan I I've always found it fascinating how America produces without question the best basketball talent in the world but when you get to the cutoff of five hundred or so guys that are outside of the league the salaries uh, available to them in this and you know for the G League it's like it's laughable, right? I mean, yeah. um, you know, guys can go overseas and, and make, um, you know, what, six, seven, eight, six hundred thousand. I mean, it's, it's not, Mark Stein wrote about it this week. And the quote that he had that really got to me, and it's something I've been kicking around in my head. He said, neither the NBA nor its teams want to kick in more, believing that the opportunity they provide to play on home soil is the, is, you know, is, offsets how small the checks are uh we've seen a hundred replacement players come in and the quality of the league dropped i would i would posit conservatively if you could just pull from anyone anywhere in the league in the world that maybe 70 of those dudes would be americans from international teams i just with Mm. every team worth two billion dollars like what's going on doesn't it make sense just to say hey let's get Let's keep all of the top 700 players in in America. Yeah, you would have to have a domestic focus in your promotion of the NBA as opposed to a pie in the sky. We're going to conquer the world. Uh, China is the future. Uh, Oh, wait a second. It turns out that they're a dictatorship that can just turn off the faucet whenever. Oh, there went all our money and all our plans and our two decades of investment sort of scheme that the NBA cooked up. I'm a simple man. I think if the NBA is going to obsess all the time, over ratings in the United States to the point of lying about them and putting pressure on every media member to mislead the public about them, then maybe they should invest more in basketball in the United States. I don't know. You can call me a, a basketball paleocon or whatever. I'm totally with you. I think they should have a farm system. I think it's such a lie. I used to hear Dan Lebetard say, and I'm not criticizing Lebetard. I think he was just describing the mentality in sports. He would say, the NBA has a free farm system in college basketball. Um, a free farm system isn't arguably more popular than you are playing in the same season you're playing in on the same days you're playing. No, sir. That's a competing business. And in the business world, you tend to try to undermine and crush your competition. I think there's something else going on here. I think there's an element of sentimentality. I know that sounds crazy, but some of these people involved are so rich that it's not just about the money. 
They've got attachments to their alma maters that's disproportionately represented among rich guys. They get so into their colleges. I don't think they've got the heart to try to crush their competition in college basketball and really see this thing through because that's the component you didn't mention. Well, how many of this, them even how yeah. many of them even understand how big of a market advantage it would be if they made a proper farm system? Like I I went like conspiratorial on the Warriors, but like it's hard not to notice that they're putting every Santa Cruz Warriors game on NBC Bay Area out here. And yeah. they, they have a lot of time to fill, but like the Warriors do appear like they want to see how far they can extend it and how much they can use it as a market advantage, right? Yeah. Um, it seems like half the owners are like, eh, it's a lot of money that, yeah, it's easier to just wait for a college star to come along and me to sell, you know, DeAndre Ayton. Hey, you guys saw him at Arizona, you know, University of Arizona. He's our future. Like that sort of thing. Like, well, like they're, they're not invested in making the, the, the game big, better. The big lie of it to me, and maybe there is an exception that proves the rule. The exception that proves the rule plays for the Warriors. His name is Steph Curry. I do think the Davidson experience informed the legend of Steph Curry. But it's hard to come up with those. I, I struggle to come up with guys because you hear that. It's like, oh, they get promotion and then they're branded and it makes them. Jamal Ball is the biggest star among young players. He didn't play in college. He played in Australia when everybody was asleep. So I, I just think that there's a lot of rationalization of the inertia. Ironically, he was, ironically he was branded through social because his dad was loud. Like that's, yeah. he, he was a brand. Everyone knew who he was based off of like these overtime clips they saw on Instagram. No one had actually watched him play. They just saw the highlights of him having what, like 93 in a high school game or whatever the hell it was, right? Like yeah. it's it's uh the NBA needs to invest more in loud loud dads. Uh just I think Lamar Ball's amazing. <laughs> yeah. He's amazing amazing for the game of basketball. Although maybe Steve Kerr should have loved him. The 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 man trying to crush LeVar Ball really I know nobody cares about the media situation, but it really had a ripple effect because suddenly we weren't allowed to hang out near the family room. So we were getting chased away as media members because of LeVar Ball. There is literally a rule they passed because they worried about media members hanging around uh, the Lakers situation specifically, but they couldn't make it just about that. And so they made it league wide and suddenly you weren't allowed in the hallway. I'd be talking to people, you know, trainers, coaches, players and uh, a woman by the name of Chloe would would yell at me like literally yell at me it was very weird the entire experience so shout out Chloe we'll take another question uh, from John over here making him the next caller John 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 on the landline in Hayward how you doing John <laughs> hey guys how's it going hey um, so my question was about the midseason tournament um, mm. because I genuinely think it's a good idea and I, oh, I feel take. like that's a hot take. I love it. Um, because Maybe it's because I'm a big European soccer fan. Um, and I'm a Knicks fan. Are you Adam Silver? Are you Adam Silver who was uh, called in with a fake Abby? I'm sorry. We, John, it's, yes, it's me, Adam. Um, <laughs> uh, the voice is similar enough. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, God, if I had that money, I, I would not be on this call in, I don't think. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I, 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 
<laughs> I think as a Knicks fan, like if we won the midseason tournament, like it, we would go insane. And I genuinely think the other, like other teams' fans would suddenly care about it too. Mm. And I, I really think if we had something in January, February, a real trophy that a team could win, I, I think it would matter. And I, I just, I think it needs a better name than midseason tournament. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's got mid in the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't know. It, it's, so in, in England, they have FA Cup. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's a, it's a little better. It's, it's not great, but you know, it, I just, I, I think this could really be something. I, I don't know why other people have just completely written it off. I think uh, it's a great it idea. The winter classic, depending ooh. on when it is. Wait, they did that in hockey. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, we could workshop this. I think you're right. You've identified something that is an issue that you don't want mid to be in the title of something people need to win. That's just not how it goes. It's got to have something loftier. I, I, my, I, my first impulse is to reject the idea and say it's silliness. It's gimmick. This is a sign of decadence. It means that they're not growing the game organically, but guess what? Evan wash who comes up with these wacky ideas at the NBA offices. I think he's playing with house money. I mean, the play in tournament sounded pretty goofy, pretty wacky. I was all in on that. I, I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it, it worked out. And and the Elam ending, I mean, that sounded like the biggest goofball thing. I'm that, sounded, that, that sounded crazy. But, you know, I think it kind of – I think people liked it. So, Evan Walsh – You know what? You know why it is? It's because the basketball we saw in those settings was legitimately competitive. Like, what mm. was – like – yeah. We're what I have inside the NBA on the background. Obviously, the Warriors got destroyed by the Bucks, but like equally boring was whatever the hell that Nuggets Blazers game was. Ninety nine percent of January basketball is boring. Exactly. It's a lot of, like in, unless exactly. your team is, unless your team is playing well, in which you have personal emotional connection, like it's not an entertaining product. But give me a mid season tournament. Exactly. Give me, oh my God, God. the Mellow Mall and the uh, Hornets upset the Bucks in round one. And are they going to win this? I'll, I'll watch. I'll watch it because I just want to watch guys like actually play hard. Like the big, the only thing college basketball has going for it is they play hard. It's an awful think product. If you can have the one connected to the other, if I get some sort of status or standing that helps me in the playoffs, not too much help, but helps me. In the real automatic, playoff playoffs. Automatic seed. Yeah, yeah. Then Ooh. there's some juice. Then it's this feeling of, hey, we might sweep it. We might do both right it's, there. I, I also think it's a showcase for, for – I mean, Sam's talk said LaMelo 15 times on today already in 20 minutes. Very impressive. Yes. But, like, it's a sh- it's a sh- but it's a showcase, I think, for players that people generally don't know. Because uh, people know Steph. People know LeBron. People know KD. And that's really all people know. Because that's True. all people see when it's the the conference semifinals and the NBA finals. But it would be cool for people to see Lamelo and actually see him play basketball, or f- people to see more Zach Levine, right? Like that would be cool because people don't really know who he is unless he makes the Eastern Conference Finals this season, right? So like, I think all that is cool. But generally, I'm with Sam where it's just like man, basketball kind of stinks right now. In January yeah. it always does. It does it have that feeling, does. that gimmicky feeling, though of. 
like the NFL adding more games and that kind of logic that, that, that logic that when AT&T took over HBO and they're saying, Hey, we want the same quality of HBO, but make as many shows as Netflix, please money, please. You know, there is this, there are diminishing returns after a while when you're always trying to get attention. I'm just saying, but Ethan, we, we got chargers Raiders and that was an instant classic at the end. Oh, it was on Sunday night. And it and, was, you know, too many football. Didn't, with you. didn't see it coming, games. but it was. <laughs> why were the Why was the sports media so into brokering a tie? By the way. Oh my god, I, I'm I hate that. By the way, I, I think there's an because issue because. With... Oh, go ahead, Andy. Sorry, I'll, no, I'll no, 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 no. No, I'm sorry. I, it just I just it annoys me because the point of playing sports is to win the game. Yeah, <laughs> it's very simple. You win I the heard. fucking game. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah. Her, her, Herm Edwards over here. Yeah, I, I just picture Adam Silver at the next press conference introducing the tie. That would be such an Adam Silver like reform soccer love and Adam Silver. You know, it's because uh, how many, many, many you fans know more, a, another way to enjoy the game. You know more media people than Andy and I. Yeah, how many uh, there? There's a disconnect with the fan with a lot of media people where they're they're more interested in something new and different than the game and so it's like the tie was like ooh we've never seen two teams <laughs> diabolically decide to kneel the ball so they could get in the playoffs and screw over like dumbest shit of, ever <laughs> it's like it's kind of funny for like a split second until you think about it, you're like i absolutely do not want to watch Derek Carr kneel the ball for five minutes and then hand it back to like Justin Herbert. And you, you know, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like, it's, but, it's one of those, it reminds me that the, I don't throw it out there. It reminds me of when LeBron and, was given AP athlete of the year for opening a school. It's like <laughs> what fan in sports is like, you know, when LeBron opened the, I promise school, that's when I knew he was the best athlete. Oh, of the when, year, I'm a grandfather, when I'm a grandfather, <laughs> I'm a grandfather, and I'm telling my grandkids about LeBron James. The way he opened the school, I mean, the yeah. The cut of his suit, just perfect. Yeah, exactly. It's like- well, I think trying to speak to the media psychology, and I, I feel – I feel always in a weird position with this because the main criticism I get back from people when I see it um, is pretentious, smug, uh, that kind of thing. And so I feel like that almost helps me because I know that I'm the type of person where if I start trying to show that I'm more clever than the fan overtly um, or, you know, attempt to do that type of thing, or if I condescend to the fan, then I'm doubly screwed. I, I don't even know what the analogy would be. Maybe it'd be Philip Rivers deciding he's a scrambling quarterback. It's just not going to work. I need to invite Sam to speak. Somehow he bounced himself out of this. But I think a lot of the media is afflicted with this need to try to show that they're better than the fan. Because if you're not better than the fan, then what role? You're just like an overpromoted fan, right? You're just Correct. a Peter principled fan at that point. And I think that fuels a lot of goofy takes. And so that's that mentality of, well, something smart can happen here. Maybe something smart should happen here. Where I think the average fan, and I would put myself as that average fan in that moment because I don't know much about football, but I want to see a good football game over two teams taking a knee. Right. Um, is to see a good football game. So that's how I break that situation down. I, I, I agree with all that. I, I also think that part of it, too, is 
and I'm not even saying that I played sports at any time. It's just high school. Oh, sports, we've seen but... the we've seen the Twitter clips. You know, we've seen some sports. <laughs> but anybody who's played any type of competitive league from ages five to uh, twenty understands that, that they've got two teams out there that are playing. You know, what is it? Sixty straight minutes of hitting each other, and you expect them to suddenly try to tie. That right there it tells me just how dumb you are in trying to cover the game. Like, that doesn't show me you're smart. That shows me that you don't understand how sports and competitiveness actually works. Yeah. It, it, they just smacked each other for 60 minutes, and you expect Derek Carr to say, yeah, let's just go tie, and let's just go. If I were on one team, I would say, no, let's go kick the field goal. I don't care what the percentage is if we miss it or not, or it gets blocked and we lose the game. I want to beat the other team. Like, that's all there is to it. And I think that it, it, by trying to sound smart, they actually sound like idiots. Well, this is a Raiders podcast officially. I'm branding it right now. Uh, I mean, I grew up a Chargers fan, but I, I don't oh. care. Let's have Ben on. Let's have Ben on. Uh, see big weekend we for me. Big weekend. <laughs> it was a big weekend. Yo. Ben. You hear me? Yep. Yo, so I sort of want to continue there because I'm, I've, you know, I was on last time uh, and I'm a Knicks fan, and I follow the Warriors in part because of you guys in terms of the media selling the story because of what you're saying, right, of, like, you can't talk down to the fan. You have to be you, – you're making the games exciting. Knicks fans are notoriously fucking annoying about the Knicks. They don't know what the fuck's <laughs> going on. They don't know which players are good. They're just – I mean, it's, it's, Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's where, hilarious where, where, where when they're good. Where are we at with Julius Randle? I, I can't keep track of uh, if he's the messiah or you guys want to go. Everyone hates him right now, which is funny because I hated him. I did not believe last year until the end. And now everyone I know is like totally out on Julius Randle. Like, fuck this guy. And I'm sort of back in because of that. <laughs> well, you're in on Reddish. You got Reddish. So. Oh, I'm definitely in on Reddish. I love that move. Of course, of course. Of course. But Fournier over DeRozan. I guess my point is, is like the media, the media walk between like, loving the games and telling the stories and uh and like there's just most teams don't have good media i'm sorry like the knicks there's not great media around them they're just these Stephen a's who don't actually watch basketball oh god but if they were all Stephen a's that would be amazing the thing about Stephen a is you just can't do a Stephen A impression as good as Stephen A. That's no. that's the reality of it. Like a lot of people try to do that and they come off looking awful because they're not as gifted as him at it. No, that guy that guy earns every penny for that corporation. I don't believe a single take. I'm not into a single take. Well, maybe some takes, but I don't care. I just want to be entertained. Um, I enjoy it. Yeah, I don't know. Is the media is the media good? Is it bad when it comes to the coverage? I think the coverage is good. I think the Twitter stuff gets weird because that's the biggest disconnect is that Twitter plays such a bigger role in the media person brain than in the normal person brain and uh, makes them go insane. But that's why I love Andy. Andy flouts all the conventions and just sets fire to everything like the Joker. And I think he's a necessary predator in the ecosystem. And so I have appreciation for him. Uh, let's have, uh, have fun. call have fun. Yang up to the stage. Make him the next caller. Do the listing voice. This is how you listen. Hello, guys. Hey. Hello, guys. There we go. Hey, thank you. Um, you know, I just want to say something really quick. Uh, the other day I heard that Clay 
Thompson. I don't know if I misread this, but I heard that uh, when he was a kid or something like that, he didn't know where Golden State was, like what city it was in. And I found that ridiculous because his dad is an NBA player. Okay. But uh, I kind of want to switch it up. If I can ask you kind of a, like my question, um, I'm kind of obsessed with this idea that like, the NBA is absolutely um, better than it was like, you know, 30 years ago. Not meaning that like, I'll give you an example, right? Like if you take the very worst team, like OKC, and uh, go like 60 years ago, 70 years ago, you put the OKC against uh, the 53 uh, championship Minneapolis Lakers, right? I will put OKC mm. as like a 20 as like a 20 point favorite easily. And then if you go another 10 years to go to the 61 Boston Celtics champions, right? I'll probably put them like 10 point favorites. Now here's the question, right? No, just yeah. If you put if you put today's OKC right against 96 Bulls, right? What what would you put the point spread at? I think it would be Bulls by three. You know what? You're getting at you're getting at something, which is that it would be a more competitive game, I think, than people would ever want to admit. (laughs) I have no idea what the result would be. I don't know what happens as a result. Can Rodman check Pokushevsky? Is that what we're getting? (laughs) I don't know. Look, I don't know what happens in that game. I, I would assume the Bulls would win. But I feel like the result would not be exactly what people might think. But it's an impossible situation. So much. I mean, I interviewed Steve Kerr about this once, about kind of the absurdity of it, because so many people were asking about it. When you really try to break down the scenario, it's impossible because it's, wait, did, did the 96 Bulls get time to practice with the new rules? Whose I rules exactly it. Yep. Yeah. Like, can, I, can I say something? I'm yeah. sorry to cut you off. I'm sorry. I'm being rude. Sorry. Um, See, I, no. I, I hear that a lot um, about how the rules is such a big deal. And I agree, rules matters, right? But I think it's over overstated. And that's mm. why I used a more extreme example. So that's why I used the 1951 uh, uh, Minneapolis Lakers. Like, if you go far back enough time, the rules doesn't matter, right? Would you agree with that? Or maybe am I off about that? Or like, Well, there's no three-point the- line if we go no, way even, back. And we're playing go, on those terms. But even if you just go like a two-point, the OKC would still beat. The Minneapolis Lakers by twenty points. That doesn't my take, but I, I like this is my opinion. It's not a fact, right? So <laughs> I'm just I'm doing my opinion. No, there's absolutely no way to verify any of it. There's there's zero way to do it. But I take your I think but you're I, right. I think you're but, right. But here's what's complicated about you being right. And this maybe goes back to the way people react in, in the media conversation. You are correct, and yet there should be respect for the worst play of yesteryear. That was the best of its time because that's how progress happens. And it's insane to, I don't know. We don't just start shitting on Benjamin Franklin for making inventions that were uh, outpaced later on after he was dead. Right. We, we say what that was, was great that you did that. Bifocals didn't even have UV protection. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but we do that. I see on, on Twitter, people just shit all over Bob Cousy. Like Bob Cousy wasn't the best thing going at that particular moment. <laughs> I, it just I, seems I love so pointless. <laughs> I know you're doing that. Well, no, it's, well, it's it, now we're, but what Yang's trying to say is just arguing human evolution. I mean, you can't not, you can't argue against that. No. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, now you've got six, eight dudes that are shooting threes and 360 windmilling. Yeah. So, yeah, more, more likely they're going to beat guys that were, you know, 80 years ago. So that's like kind of inarguable fact that's almost. A- but yeah. Yeah, I was gonna, this is what always makes like those NBA like top seventy five lists like kind of funny because like you'll see players who are you know they're just like come on man he, he wasn't that good you know right. like um, 
<laughs> just relatively, you just pick like the sixth man off the Celtics. You wouldn't even yeah. pick the third player off of the Bulls. You know, that's is there anything is- more Adam Silver than the NBA seventy five slash seventy six or seventy seven <laughs> or whatever it was? <laughs> oh my no. god! He can't say no to see. yes. That's <laughs> oh my god. We're all we're all winners. Yes, and then he ha- and then he has guys in there like Dame, who's just a perennial loser, and it's just like, what is going? Hey, what I'm an investor on? in move insoles. You take that back. You shut your filthy mouth. <laughs> oh, I don't regret it. I love. I hope he gets healthy. I love Dame Lillard. I love Chris Paul. I love Chris Paul doubly, not just because of move insoles, but because. I was getting slammed on the local radio oh, for reporting oh. about the Clay Thompson and Steph Curry for Chris Paul trade in my book. Uh, Larry Riley coming out guns blazing against me. And what happens? Old Chris Paul goes on a podcast, says true story, confirms the whole thing. So Chris Paul, hey, he's good in my book. He cannot punch guy. anybody. That's a guy. Man, that's I, I totally, I totally I forgot, forgot about, about that. that. Like yeah. that's – um. That's a fun. Uh, that's a fun air, fun part of uh, Warrior history. The the early Lake of years when he was desperately trying to trade everyone for anyone of substance to make a splash. Yeah, yeah. I like Larry kind of Riley too. You know, he's got a nice little little. He he seems like a like a football owner. You know, he seems like a calm Jerry Jones. So uh, no disrespect to him, but I, I very much appreciated the backup when uh, Larry Riley was going, what a strange thing. Do you think he was put out there as the assassin? Just so strange. <laughs> I can't believe he's still around. Yeah. yeah. I always wonder what those consultants get paid. You know, Donald Foyle was mentioned earlier. He works for the Warriors in some capacity. Is that a six figures thing? You know, I, I do. I do wonder. I do wonder these things. Like Sean um, Livingston now there. Mike Dunleavy's there. Like what is, what is there? It's just a lot of people to make bad draft selections. Very, very well, strange. that's why NBA Ox <laughs> is so vicious because it's just so unclear what anybody does. So, and then you don't get credit for anything that happens. It only goes to the stars Joe. and maybe the general manager <laughs> and Joe. Joe, Joe will take credit. Although, although, although. <laughs> You're gonna have to figure out how to propagandize Wiseman. Hopefully, we'll figure it out. <laughs> hey, man, he's it's, about, it's about to be Bob's unilateral decision when it doesn't work out. <laughs> he spoke Andrew Wiggins into existence. Doing it with James Wiseman, you know. I mean, he believed. He definitely, he definitely believed. Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, the team. Are you? What are you thinking? What are you thinking in terms of championship? Do you think it's going to happen? Do you think it's possible? I like asking these hack questions of you too. Oh, hey, for you me, want me to go first. Yeah, you oh, or first. or you, Yang. Hey, oh no, I, I stab at it. Warriors, the Warriors, the Warriors, the Warriors—they're not going to win the championship mainly because yeah. Uh, a, 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 one, one thing it's because uh, uh, Steph Curry—he's just too frail. He's going to break down, and he like you see it right now. That's why he's slumping because his body's breaking. That's a strong Yuyang take right there. That's you know, it's not irrational, Andy. You know, if, if you, if you, I, I like how you pointed it right at me. If you look closely at my AV, you can see the muscle that he's put on uh, this season. <laughs> <laughs> I do think, uh, I, I, I do think Steph has put on a lot more muscle than he's than he's done previously, specifically for the wars that he's going to go through. And I also think that that's why he shouldn't be playing basketball right now. He's going through a slump because he's tired. He's tired. Mm-hmm. 
the team is just not playing very well and just deflecting. Do a LeBron, man. Just do a LeBron. Take do a week you, or two. Do you yeah. guys ever show up to the media room, by the way? Not anymore. I quit. I, I haven't even I haven't even been like out of my house since COVID began. Let's be real. <laughs> not anymore. Definitely not since why? What's going on? What's going on? No, I thought you. I thought where, you where saying, was. Where's the follow up on that? Where was the follow up to that? Oh, I didn't have any follow up. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I did have a follow up to it. I'm just joking. I I thought you were going to continue it. I it, Nate Duncan has been trying to get me to come out. Is the follow up mm. to that? He's been trying to get me to come out. You should come out there. You should come out there. And I was just thinking today. Um, I I don't know. I just feel weird about it, guys. I just feel strange about it because it's not going to be what I remember. I think that's what it is. Maybe I just need to break the seal. There are probably people listening right now who have been to games at Chase, and it's all very normal. But it just seems like a strange situation. You know, it's like, hey, you'll hang out in the media room. We're all masked, but we're in the media room. And it's, I don't know. I don't know if I want to socialize with that weird kind of barrier. Things are dangerous. Things are safe. It's just weird to me. I'd rather be a hermit up in the hills. And, and it's like dependent on whether people take it seriously or not, right? Because some people just won't care, and then some people will just be awkward about it. It's, it's I, I call it like it's the elevator thing. Um, yeah. I, I've called it not really a rule, but it's just like you can tell like when you get in an elevator, some people will kind of awkwardly be like, uh, they want you to get in, or they'll say don't get <laughs> yeah. in, or they'll like, they don't know. Well, it's a good analogy. I'll always be like, yeah, I don't give a fuck, dude. Just, just get in here. It's all good. But some people be like, eh, but they don't want to say anything, right? It's like that. Yeah, kind of, yeah. It's almost you, you. almost need one of those Brazilian restaurant green light, red light signifiers on a hat to just let people know how cool you are. Because most people's position, I think, is whatever you want it to be. I, right. I think that's what it is. It's that like I'm not neurotic about this, but hey, maybe you are, and I, you know, I'm trying to kind of not offend you. And I think that's how most people most people tend to be and it's just added this layer of of awkwardness of weirdness it just feels like every human interaction is one of those oh are we gonna pound are we gonna slap five like what are we gonna do that's another one (laughs) i never um i never talked with andy about this we went to uh we went to the warriors bulls game uh one of our podcast sponsors (laughs) just gave us tickets and i was gonna my experience there was literally the the entire arena was people with like masks on improperly the entire yeah. way where they're just yeah. kind of like I have this on to give the illusion that I care, <laughs> but 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 really I would like another cocktail. You know? <laughs> That's, That's like ninety five percent of of people. You know what I mean? It's like everybody's vaccinated and boosted. It's like, dude, like. Uh, look, keep it on and all that, but it sounds right. Like everybody's just kind of like nose out, you know, dapping each other. Uh, I don't know. Man. Yeah, I, I mean, there, by the way, I saw Larue. He looks, he looks good. So, Larue looks so, good. Yeah, so, I'm I, happy. I was like, the t- haven't seen him in like three years. Oh my god, that's insane, dude. Shout that's crazy. Um, yeah. Well, we all need to see each other eventually. I, I don't know. I might just be a little neurotic about it. Um, also, I just feel like the thieves are going to catch on. They're going to catch on in, in San Francisco. It's been emptied out. It's a zombie apocalypse now with the work from home revolution. Uh, you've got these games. I mean, I hope there are no thieves listening right now on the call in, but you've got these games where you're assured there are no parking lots, any cars outside of it. Hell, I might start swiping catalytic converters during Warriors games. <laughs> 
I, that area, that area's not, uh, Mission Bay, it's not that bad, but, uh, well, that's what I'm saying. The thieves have not caught on. You know, they haven't caught on. It's a little outside their purview. It's a little bit of a schlep, but I've made that schlep. I've walked from the loin down to a Warriors game before. I, I'm just wonder. I wonder when they're going to catch on. Is the only thing. They'll see. Uh, they'll see Sam's Porsche hanging around on the outside and just be like, oh, "That looks like a car. <laughs> looks like a car I gotta gotta break into." <laughs> Hey guys, no. can I just ask one more quick question before I, I get off this chat? Sure. Because yeah. you, you guys are all like talking about like you know going to the arena and, and being the media, right? Yeah. One thing I, I'm kind of I just want to ask you, any of you, but uh, also yeah, Ethan specifically, because you, Ethan, you always talk about how like you have these kind of side conversations with like Andrew, uh, Andre Iguodala, you know, these kind of NBA's like uh, NBA players. Like, like, yeah. do you do you get nervous like talking to them, or even or even like asking those questions? Like, I remember one time when Kevin Durant, you know, was very rude to you, right? And you wrote down your book. Like, <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Like, I don't know what you're just, talking like, about. If that happened to me, I will be so I don't. I'll be like nervous and shaky. You know, I don't know. Like, how, how do you how, how do you guys respond to that? I'll just be quiet. Well, when you just ooze charisma like one Ethan Sherwood Strauss, no situation <laughs> is scary. I think you just need to you just need to be who you are. It's a good question. I have a story, by the way. I have a story. I'll go after you, Strauss. About you. Actually. Oh, about me. Yeah, we'll, no, we'll I. Keep it I you know, it's very contextual because if you're the beat writer, like Anthony Slater is, then you're going to every game and you're always around these dudes. And so they're not weird about you and you're not weird about them. They know who you are. You know who they are. Where it gets weird is uh, right before the pandemic where the Warriors were terrible. They've got all these young guys. I'm not on the road with them. I don't have you know, I, like, I don't know what to say to somebody as young as Jordan Poole. Like, I don't know. And so it's, it's awkward. And it's so to what you're saying, in a way, with some of these guys, they're more established. Maybe they're more famous. It's theoretically more intimidating. But I was in a situation where I was on the road all the time. So it was just it was easier. But now if I was just trying to make conversation with people, I have no context for knowing then it would be weirder. Then it would be more awkward. But I want to hear Andy's story. <laughs> well, also, I don't believe you can actually talk to anyone nowadays. So, like, part of what you and, yeah. and MT did very well and was was talking to Andre on the side or, or Draymond on the side or, or, you know, Alvin Gentry on the side, something like that, right? Like, that was where the majority of stories came from. I don't actually know how MT does his stories now or, or Tony Slater does his stories now. So, but but the story is, you started out by saying that, you know, you just got to be yourself. And I think most people, when they when they first get started and they talk to players <laughs> or coaches, they're kind of fake, right? They got all yeah. nervous, like what you yeah. Yang saying. Did you listen, I remember, that, listen to that album? Did you listen to that album that just came out? Like, you don't listen to fucking whatever the fuck. Uh, but so I I was standing in the back because uh, it was like my first year. And so I wasn't really asking questions. I remember Ethan standing right next to Steph Curry in the front. And Ethan is, as Ethan is, looking kind of awkward. And then yeah. he all of a sudden says, hey, uh, and he asks about Steph's plus minus during the game. And then he asked, and this is like in 2015, and then he asked about like a pick and roll coverage. And I remember looking at Steph's face, and I remember Steph's face was like, what the 
fuck is going on? Because <laughs> those just aren't questions that you ask in a scrum setting, right? Especially, yeah. like, usually it's like, oh, like, how did you feel like you guys played today? You came out of the second half. You know, like, kind of boring yeah. questions like that. But you would ask, like, X's and O's questions in a group setting. And that's just who you were because you were generally curious curious about it. And I just remember Steph looking like, what is going like, yeah. what is going on here? And so I, I that was a good story because that always made me feel like, hey, like, Ethan doesn't care. He's just well, asked questions that he, well, that he genuinely I cares about. The main thing is you want to, I do think the main thing, if you are in that role, and I've not been in that role for many years, you, you want to stand out. You just don't want to be part of the board. Yeah. So, and you and you have to do it in a way that that's genuine. If you're cool, then that's the best thing. Like if you're cool, then you can just use that. But if you're not cool, you can also use that, you know, be not cool guy. Don't just don't pretend, don't go up to these dudes and pretending like, you're in the music you're not into and you're interested in things you're not interested in. Be the big nerd. If you're the big nerd in many right. ways, maybe that's what they want you to be. I mean, for years they would go, Oh, what's that? You know, what's our defensive uh, rating right now? Ethan, Ethan, I would never know. They would never stop asking. I would never know, but it's <laughs> like, that's the role. That's the role I played in their minds. And so that, that was a place to be right. And it, it, it's also, I don't know. You almost have to laugh at it. It's an absurd situation. It's ridiculous that they're there. It's ridiculous that this is your job and you have to have some distance. I think there are other aspects of it that are, that are harder to deal with um, because you do genuinely have moments where you get punked where somebody talks shit to you or they're just rude to you. Uh, Andre was always so funny. I mean, I remember they say when you convert to Judaism, they turn you away three times and, and that's what it was like with Andre after a game he would tell you to fuck off. He would tell you he didn't have time. He would start complaining about white people. And then the third ask, <laughs> he would drop everything and he would give you a golden just 15 minutes of great stuff. And that was the rhythm. That's how we wanted to do it. I don't know that. I don't know why he did it that way, but it just shows that you kind of got to eat some shit in that role. It's one of the reasons why I'm happy not to have to do it anymore, because the eating of shit is a necessary part of it. Thank you, thank you. I mean, that's kind of what I figured because, like, um, like even me to be on this kind of like uh, conversation with you guys, I'm like super nervous, you know. But I can't imagine if I'm like eating shit with Andre Iguodala, I couldn't even get past the second time or first time, you know. Like, I'm very impressed, yeah. Ethan, uh, all you guys, you know, and you know, Andy and Sam. Like, you guys all have like nerves of steel, in my my opinion. I mean, the, hey, yeah. it's been said. Yeah. <laughs> it's been said. Appreciate it. We are among the bravest people who have ever lived. <laughs> I like Yu Yang's uh, transparency, though. I just like honesty. I actually think he could use that. I think they would enjoy if he was admitting to how nervous he was. That that would be something. I, I, that would be something that would work. I, I have had people at work. I work in uh, I work in tech sales that ask me because they know I, I used to do some Warriors games. They'll ask me, "Oh, do you ever talk to Steph?" And I'm like, "Yeah." It's like, "How is he?" I'm like. He's fucking boring ass nice guy man i don't know what you want me to say and like, i never oh, really? i never knew how to talk to steph you know <laughs> marcus so so, marcus well, knew how yeah. to talk to steph marcus right. and steph would talk about christian rappers which is a whole say. which is a whole <laughs> subculture of just millions of people listening to christian rap very odd. and they never very. knew anything about it um and they would talk about all kinds of stuff I never, there were just people, that's the other thing. It's more art than science. There are people you connect with. There are people you have a thing with. I had a weird thing with Andre where he was attacking me, but he was kind of letting me in. And 
you just kind of rolled with it. And then there were guys where it doesn't work and then it's off and on and you write something about them and they yell at you. And it's a very, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of stress, man. I'm so glad I'm not involved in it anymore like that. It's, it's, it, yeah, I was going to say. It's, what were you going to say? No, it's a lot easier just not going to games. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, the thing I wanted to say to Nate. You know, Nate really wants me to come back, which I think is sweet. But who who quits the job and then just shows up to the office? I guess it happens, <laughs> but not that often. I, he's really – Nate still goes to all the games? God. I don't think he goes to all of them. But he's saying, hey, come out. You know, like, we'll yeah. hang out. We'll go – Slater, get Tony Slater in on it. And da-da-da-da-da. I think he wants to get the band back together. That's it's, – it's admirable. I get it. I understand it. Um, I have a kid. I'm not going all the way over there. I'm not getting my catalytic <laughs> converter stole. I was uh... – I wonder if Ritter will get me a, a credential after last season. After, That's the thing. I don't even season. know if I'm allowed that. I might be persona non grata. I really I don't know. I was going to say, right? Like, well, I guess Ritter doesn't really care, but he's a no. nice guy. But, yeah, Ritter. Yeah. I don't think Ritter. I think Ritter. Ritter loves doing that. Ritter is a nostalgist. If you were talking about those bad Warriors centers, he would have been listing them off in that Ritter voice. For those who don't know, Raymond Ritter <laughs> is the Warriors PR maven. Um, maestro, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, am I persona non grata? I don't know. Maybe there's only one way to find out. Uh, you'll be fine. I mean, MT hasn't gone to games in like ten years, so you know. yeah. Uh, MT Bring is him the back. best man. MT man, he would just do the job on his terms and do it better than anybody. My favorite is when he would. There were a few games, um, and to be clear, he wasn't a beat writer at this time. This would have been a dereliction of duty for Marcus Thompson <laughs> if he was a beat writer, but he wasn't. But there, there are just certain norms where certain people expect that you're supposed to show up at 5.45 for 7.30 tip-off, right. and you're not supposed to be late. And every now and again, Marcus would just show up right after the game was over, drive into the parking lot as people are exiting, hop into the locker room and get the best shit. <laughs> show people crazy. <laughs> uh, well, it's like, I, I just remember... Look, I, I like all the media there, so I'm not – actually, I don't really care about naming names. Um, but it's like you would just get, like, people that were there that were just really boring, right? Like the, like a lot of the SF Con guys, I love them. They're good people. But it's like you're not really providing any value being there, right? You're just – their stories aren't good. I don't see you talking to any of the players. So it's like what is – you know, what is the point, right? So you don't get to be jealous of this guy because he has that relationship. And so I think that was always the issue, especially if you're a beat writer. It's like, if you're only going to be talking to, you know, Mike Dunleavy <laughs> for your stories, you're not going to get the best. You're only talking to one guy. You know what I mean? And I would see that so often where there are so many newspaper places and, and people would just be standing around and only asking questions during pressers. And you just don't get stuff doing that. It's like you're paid to, to uncover cool stories, man. You should be talking to people. Well, getting those Marcus... Stories. Marcus was really good at knowing that rules are just people and that eludes a lot of people. They think that the rules are the rules and I have to follow them. So if we were all told, Hey, you have to stay in this little pig pen over here and you can't go over here where the players are. Marcus would sometimes just do it and just, you know, what's the phrase, uh, shoot first, ask questions later. Yeah. He would just do it. And maybe, maybe somebody would raise a stink about it, but most times nobody really noticed or cared. And if Marcus jumps the line and he's talking to Steph Curry and Steph's got a smile on his face, yeah. then that's what Steph wants to do right now. Are you really trying to break that up if you're working <laughs> for the Warriors? So Marcus is just really good at noticing that. 
and taking advantage of those opportunities. And I do think occasionally for the jealous and small-minded among us, it, it, it pissed them off. But right. I always, I always just took that as a lesson. That wasn't something that I could necessarily do, but it right. informed a sense of, hey, you can kind of dictate the terms of the situation. You don't have to listen. And that is why I write what I write at House of Strauss. I try to dictate the terms. Folks, Sam, Andy, you both have been brilliant, as always. What do you want to plug for the people? Oh, you know the usual. Uh, maybe Sam. Maybe Sam's already asleep, but uh, the Light Years podcast, baby. If you guys God. don't... Uh, this this guy, you... Sam, he acts like nobody's ever been a father in, in the history <laughs> of humanity. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I just love giving it. I was, but like I was podcast, kind of nodding off a little bit. No, like, <laughs> yeah. One child, you know, as, as do I. It, hey, it gets better. Folks, thanks for the great questions. Thanks for the great listenings. I don't fucking know what I'm talking about. It's very late. I'm in my garage. You guys have a great night. You also have one child. I might be going to Oaxaca tomorrow. I was going to put it out to the audience whether I should go because the kid has tested positive or may have tested allegedly. In the daycare, uh, who knows? Who okay, knows? Can we before before we get off? Let's let's do know. the let's break this down. Let's break, let's break this down. Okay. How, so it's not your child. No. Oh. God. Has your child tested positive? No. No symptoms. Nothing. But the fear in the household is okay. I fly to Oaxaca with my college buddies. Okay. Um, I probably shouldn't have been so specific, but yes, Oaxaca with the with the college buddies. Um, but it turns out like a delayed bomb. Uh, what if now my kid gets it after I go on that flight? Now it's my kid and my wife. I've left her to deal with him. Um, nobody can really help her under the circumstances. And then I have it. And then I just give it to everybody on the trip, uh, because it goes from one yeah, kid but, to my I mean, kid. That's the, but you, you know, you that's the You could have also just got it at the local Safeway. Yeah, today too, and one of your buddies is probably flying with it because he got it at a <laughs> deli yesterday. So Nate, Duncan, and I we we argued about gender differences and gender stereotypes. I don't know what to make of it. That I feel like every woman in my life says, "Don't go, drop everything, stay," and every man is like, "Whatever." It's I don't know. Just go fly to Mexico. <laughs> I have no comment because I don't know who's <laughs> listening. <laughs> Oh come on, Andy! <laughs> I, I hope your I, I hope your kid's okay. That's actually what I, what I care about. But uh, I just Aww. realized Oaxaca meant Mexico, so now I'm like, oh shit! No, I got I might have to fly there with you. So, that sounds fucking amazing. Andy's finding an excuse like, hey, hey, I just got a t- I found a rapid test. I'm gonna fly down. Well, oh, I'm oh. trying to take the lesson from Adam Silver and David Stern, who said, "Don't make a decision." until you absolutely need to. So I might have to flush the flight money, but I'm looking for some sort of sign. I'm looking for some sort of email to just kind of better inform me uh, because they're breaking out the, they're breaking out the PCR test and everything else. I don't know what information is going to come down the pipe. So I'm just waiting. If, if, if if your kid took a test today, you should get the result by tomorrow morning. If they had taken it today, or you can get an at home if those are available. Easily yeah. in like thirty minutes, so that could that could be done pretty quickly, when, and then you'll you'll when did, you gotta find every possible did, way. When did the daycare breakout get? Um, when did you find out about this? I found out about it uh, when I picked him up at around four o'clock. That we were oh, going to be it, shut oh, down a, for a while. That's tough. It's okay. a it's a today. 
It's yeah. a today revelation. Okay. It's a today revelation. Today revelation. Um, it's a little tougher. Yeah. It's it's a difficult one. I mean, maybe tomorrow morning, if my boy is fit as a fiddle, uh, no temperature, nothing, I can just really put on the full court press, make the case. Uh, we'll see. It's going to be tough, though. You know, or, it's, it's touch and go. Or you quarantine in your room right now and never touch the kid until mm. you come back from your trip. He's already climbing on me all over the ah, night, all the germs. Ah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't really ah, think. Yeah, I didn't really think yeah. to ignore my child. Um, nice. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. But it's Why weird. I, I think that this is happening in so many places where you are thrown a situation like this and there's no manual for what the etiquette, what the etiquette is. And everybody's got a firm idea of what you should do. And I just, I look at it, I go, all the dudes on the trip, by the way, said, come on down. Like, come on, bro. Like, come, come out, come out to Mexico. You're fine. You don't have any symptoms. Like one of the guys works in a hospital. He's I work in a hospital. I'm around all kinds of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know what this is? You know, what's, you know what it is, guys? Here's what's in my head. Mm. I go down there. He gets it. My wife gets it. I have it. I'm stuck in Mexico. I don't go. Nobody has anything. Everybody's fine. And I miss out on the time of life. How long is the trip? Yeah, this, only is about a no, this is this is a no-win situation. Yeah, it, it it's about a three-day trip. God, and you're gonna miss a day or two, even if you try to make it in the middle of the. What is what? What are the uh, border rules? Do you have to? Do you have to test on both? Yeah, sides? you got to test. You got to test. You could conceivably be stuck in Mexico for fourteen days. Which worst you got to test to in. get back? Really? You got to test to get back. Really? Yeah. All right. That that's yeah. That would be. Tough. That would be the, um, yeah, it's, it's messed up that I put that above the, uh, the, the child and the wife in terms of um, differences. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, do I really want to sit quarantine in a room in Mexico for Well, the months? writer part of me does think, and I didn't reveal this when having the conversation tonight, man, if I got holed up in a room in Mexico, I could put it's out some pretty good stuff. It's a work work done. I was just gonna say, you know, no kid, done. no wife. You know, it's like I'm, I'm boosted. In theory, that's good. I hate saying that. It's just Is weird Allie branding. She's boosted. Right, you're good. She's asleep. I think she might be. I don't know. I, 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 I'm just saying that that was a consideration. But the thing I would feel guilty about is if they have it back here. I actually think it's a better scenario if somehow I get it and I'm stuck in Mexico than right. if they have it stateside and I'm not here to help. I'm con- I, I, I don't even – that's not even a hype, hypothetical. I know that's the case. Oh, man, you are screwed. <laughs> I feel so bad. What is this, bachelor party or what is this? It's not a bachelor party, but you, you get a little bit older, and these are few and far between opportunities yeah. of all my college friends in one place. And how far, how far back was this planned? This was this was about eh, maybe two months ago where the talks got going. I tried to throw my body in front of it. 
I tried to say, hey, can it be Tahoe? Can it be something else? Oh, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Tahoe versus Mexico. Well, I saw this all coming, how you would be potentially marooned somewhere or there would be this complication. Yeah, just avoiding, seemed... avoiding the border is a, it's a smart move right now. Oh, yeah. like, like, like Hawaii doesn't give a shit. Like, you can go in and out. In and out. Really... But, but you're, not, you're not crossing a border. It's still yeah, right, right. It's also not a party place for the boys. Like you, you want to go to Mexico. Ugh. Yeah, it's. It, it, I I've been looking forward to it, going stir crazy. Uh, I hey, but you can't prioritize what you want. That's sometimes what. You, that's sometimes what it's about in marriage and family. You do have to sometimes say, as a demonstration of loyalty to the family, to your wife, you've got to say sometimes <laughs> that hey, this is the this is the sacrifice, but. Yeah, it's big drama in my house, folks, and I'm I'm amazed that people stuck around to even listen. I was gonna say we've gotten more listeners uh, because of this. Uh, Sam will, is petrified because this will is Ethan, future as well. Will Ethan go to Mexico? That's, that's the question. <laughs> well, really, so. will Ethan damage his marriage for the sake of Mexico? <laughs> oh, I'm a, hey, if you if I don't hear from you for two and a half weeks, I'm gonna assume you got stuck in a room in Mexico without Wi-Fi. That'll be the <laughs> That'll be, That'll be the punishment. Or if, or if we see eighteen Substack articles come out in the next week, we'll know what happened. And they're we'll just know, we'll know. they're top notch. But unfortunately, <laughs> I'll have to be working harder to pay for the divorce. And that's... <laughs> Relax. <laughs> oh my god! No, I love my wife, but and, and she would forgive me. I would think. I would hope anyway. <laughs> I do love the. I think. Yeah, you know, you got to have that. You got it keeps you honest. You need the. I think, right? You need that. You can't just otherwise you're gonna get lazy. You're gonna get sloppy. So you need a little bit of a little bit of the old. I think. Well, I need to get off the line. I need to write something on this whole gambling. Uh, you know, start my Bernie Sanders of gambling movement uh, for the people. You know, and not just have it be about the sharps. Spread the love. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for stopping by, Sam and Andy. Everybody, listen to Light Years. Everybody, uh, follow uh, these two as they mock the media and make fun of everybody. I enjoy it. Good night. Thanks, brother.